Welcome to another episode of Complete Developer Podcast, the podcast by coders for coders about all aspects of creating your best life as a developer. I'm Will, the accomplished developer, author, and software architect. And I'm Beach, the journeyman developer sharing my journey in development. Complete Developer Podcast is supported by listeners like you. We are now on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Complete Developer Podcast. Towards the tail end of COVID times, or still in the middle of them, depending on where you live, a lot of news articles started talking about a phenomenon called the Great Resignation. While you probably have a rough idea of what's going on, it's well worth further discussion because many of its implications are going to reverberate within the software industry for years to come. In this episode, we're going to discuss why so many companies are struggling to find, hire, motivate, and keep talented people on staff and what it means over the long term. But before we get started, Will, what have you been resigned to this week? Uh, Pain, mostly. So we went whitewater rafting on the Ocoee Sunday and we hit a set of rapids and my friend, who's one of your coworkers, different department in the same org, fell out and I fell out. He didn't hit any rocks, but when I went in the water, there was a big rock sticking up and it went between the front and back of my life vest and caught me basically right in the liver. Hmm. Knocked the wind out of me while I was underwater. I came up just in time for my face to plant into the back of the raft that was in front of us. And I went under that came out from under there was all disoriented, spinning around. I hit a rock that slowed me down. So the raft hit me again, knocked me into another rock, got rolled three or four more times. And then came out basically on my back with my head downstream and my feet sticking up, but I was out of the rapids. We're out of the bad rapids. It was still rapids obviously, but it wasn't like dangerous. It wasn't like being rolled by a crocodile at that point. You know, I'm like trying to figure out if anything's broken, you know, and I hear all this yelling and stuff because, you know, people on the boat were freaked out because they saw us go in. Probably still not as bad as some of the stuff that Jason used to do to us in martial arts. It was on up there, honestly. (laughs) So, you know, they, they finally get us out of the water, you know, and I'm sitting there and, you know, you have that, that adrenaline rush from all that. My reaction after an adrenaline dump once it shuts down is like, it makes me want to puke. So I was fighting that going down the rest of the river uh, in 90 odd degree heat. And then we get down there a little ways and it's like, okay, it's time to pull the boat out. Right. And we're, we're walking the boat up the shore and I feel something pop in my leg around my knee. And I don't know what that was, but that's the, I showed you the mark. I've got this huge bruise going around from the side to the, the back. Maybe it's from that. I don't think I hit a rock there, but I don't, I don't know. And then I went to change afterward. And when I tried to put all my weight on my right leg, cause you know, you're, you're changing your drawers that didn't work so well. And I basically fell into the wall. So yeah, I'm, I'm a bit busted up. You may have torn a tendon in your knee. That's what I kind of am wondering. It's still not great. I can get up and down stairs now. I just can't go very fast. Yeah. Yeah. You might want to get that checked out. I mean, what do they, what do you do about that? If it's torn? They might immobilize it. It sort of depends on how it's torn and how badly it's torn. It could involve surgery. Yeah. So anyway, next year when we go back, I'm not sitting in the front of the boat. That's funny. The last time I went down the Akoe, 
we were in college actually, and uh, our friend Thomas and I we went with a church group. And because we were driving up from Nashville, everybody everybody else was already you know there in Sparta. We were driving up from Nashville, so we got there right in time to to load on, and everybody picked their boats. The only boats left was the one with the chaperones, the people who are were our age now back then. And so like here we are, two twenty somethings with a bunch of forty year olds. We were the only raft that didn't flip. And we hit every rapid. Like we went straight for it. But we just we worked together as a team so well. Yeah. Well this was two families, so I think the kids got a little bit freaked out. I don't think my daughter freaked out that much but probably not yeah she doesn't seem the type that does not really she's just a carrier (laughs) (laughs) so how about you well i did not suffer like you did this past weekend i went and got a new iphone so you'll suffer later (laughs) (laughs) i don't know verizon had a deal you trade in your phone and you get um you could i could have gotten a free one but went for the upgraded version just because it was kind of cool and took took my mom too. She's never had like a new phone. She always gets hand-me-downs. And she's been fine with that for decades. But uh, I was like, you know what? We're going to go get you a brand new phone. Not a hand-me-down. I think she got a new phone one time and then gave it to one of my sisters maybe and took their hand-me-down. And so I was like, no, this is going to be a brand new top-of-the-line phone. She's planning a trip next spring to the Holy Lands. And so she was wanting a phone that could take good pictures. So I was like, go all out, get the pro with the three cameras. I thought she was going to Ireland or is that your, is the Holy Land's your other word for Ireland? Oh no, Ireland is 2024. Okay. (laughs) You are correct. We were planning on going to Ireland next summer. However, my sister's father-in-law, so my brother-in-law's dad, is leading a group. He used to lead groups before COVID and now he's leading another group back to the Holy Lands. And so mom decided to go on that trip this year because my niece can go if she goes. And so she's going there and then we're taking a big family trip in 2024 to Ireland. Ah, Nice. Is the plan right now. So did that and then finally got to take mom to her birthday present concert from 2020. For her birthday back in 2020, I bought her tickets to the Rod Stewart concert because she was a big fan of his. And so we finally got to go to that concert because I kept getting postponed. That was kind of fun because my mom was like a schoolgirl. Like she was so excited about it. That is like the most strange visual ever. We get there and I, I just, I bought. I think I spent a little bit of money to get her an aisle seat because she kind of gets claustrophobic around too many t- people. But um, I got us up in like the top. It's a uh, Bridgestone. So I got in like the nosebleed sections. And we get up to the third level. And there's this lady there who works there giving out tickets closer. Well, yeah, we dropped down to the box level and uh, got like three rows from the front of the second tier. And it was an aisle seat too. (laughs) All things. Yeah, so like it worked out really well. We had a great time. So it was interesting. I tell you what, for 77 years old, Rod Stewart can still move. He was up there dancing around on the stage and everything. 
probably doing better than I could do right now. Well, I mean, even before I was injured, honestly, my dancing wasn't wasn't so hot before then. Definitely um, an entertainer. Though you could tell the show was laid out very meticulously. Like it was well planned for him to have rests and breaks throughout to where like he'd be up dancing around and stuff. And then they'd have like the girls on violins come out and play something and you know, he'd be resting behind stage and then come back out for something else. So it was a well-planned out show to allow him to do that. Saving money is hard, especially when you like to go to concerts. True that, yo. Lucas Casadas is a fee-only certified financial planner. He owns and runs Level Up Financial Planning virtually out of Fort Collins, Colorado. And just like us here at Complete Developer Podcast, he focuses on helping you to not only establish a real plan for your life, but also to take action on that plan. As investing in financial planning services really comes down to whether or not you can improve your finances. With the help of Level Up, the compounding impact of making better financial decisions will easily pay for itself. Level Up has a unique pricing model as well that will help you no matter where you are in your financial journey. And best of all, Lucas is a fiduciary for his clients. What that means is he's not here to sell you a product, but to help guide you to a better financial situation. You can catch his podcast, Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp, where he covers financial topics that you probably face and interviews other IT professionals who share how they navigated their own careers. You can also learn more at levelupfinancialplanning.com. In the last few years, companies have noticed that it is getting harder and harder to hire employees. They've also noticed that it is more difficult to keep good employees and to motivate the employees that do stay. This phenomenon has come as a surprise for many, employers and employees alike. Yet, like many major disruptions to life, all the signs were there for years before. In fact, had COVID not happened, a lot of the trends that we're about to discuss probably would have happened anyway, just at a different pace and a different timing. One thing that I have told a lot of people trying to explain this, the whole concept to them is that it's natural for software developers to switch careers every three to five years, really. But what happened is nobody was able to switch careers for several years. So you had several years worth of people who normally would have switched over time switching all of a sudden. Yeah. Well, and there's other timing issues and uncertainty and all kinds of stuff that we're going to get into. But as this phenomenon, you can ask anybody that's in an HR role or in a managerial role. It feels pretty much impossible to hire people. Potential recruits ghost you and retaining employees is an absolute nightmare right now. There is a pretty terrible churn in most software development departments. And this churn results in burnout and in the best people going elsewhere. The bad part about this damage is not just the damage itself, but that the reaction to the damage causes more damage. More than half of any problem that occurs in a group of people is due to the reaction to the problem anyway. And that's kind of where we are. The Great Resignation is really a reaction to an ongoing crisis whose roots stretch back far before COVID. And the end of the Great Resignation is not coming anytime soon. So what exactly is the Great Resignation? Per Wikipedia, 
It's already on Wikipedia. Wow. Yeah, oh, yeah. It is an ongoing economic trend in which employees have voluntarily resigned from their jobs in mass beginning early 2021. Possible causes include wage stagnation amidst the rising cost of living, long-lasting job dissatisfaction, safety concerns over the COVID-19 pandemic, and the desire to work for companies with better remote working policies. Some economists have described the Great Resignation as akin to a general strike. In short, the Great Resignation is the perfect storm of a variety of trends all coming together, all of which have resulted in understaffing, employee churn, difficulty in hiring, and a lot of unmotivated employees. In this episode, we're going to discuss the Great Resignation and its implications in the tech sector. There's a lot of other stuff going on outside of tech, too, and those are you know different concerns. And I want to point out here that we don't have any solutions, and neither does anybody else. But we do want to talk about the broad trends that have caused these changes and what they're going to mean for the next decade or so in tech. Honestly, we didn't get into this situation overnight, and we're not going to get out of it overnight. These things are going to basically go until they stop going, and you have to deal with them until they do. So we're going to talk about that instead. Yeah. So first up, let's talk to pre- about the precursors is the part that I feel like everybody's missing. Like I read so much crap on this and nobody talked about what came before They They just act like, Oh, COVID happened. And then this, the great resignation happened. It's like, no, that's like, you got a guy that drinks a six pack a night and smokes a carton a day and works with dangerous chemicals. And all of a sudden he gets cancer because he got too much sun one day. Like that's not what happened. <laughs> Yeah, no, that that makes perfect sense. Before COVID, there was a strong culture of hustle, overwork and striving that a lot of times led to burnout. Not that either one of us have ever experienced that. Or were experiencing it then. Yeah, that's true. Health issues and overall misery. All this combined with a lack of upward mobility at a lot of companies basically meant that people were already burnt out and frustrated with their jobs before COVID hit. In fact, I changed jobs uh, in August of 2019. Um, and I got my new, the job I'm in now, kind of, well, the company I work for now, I started there in November, 2019. The job has changed quite a bit. But, you know, the thing is, is even if you liked your job, any raises you got pre-COVID were tiny and they were typically less than inflation even at good companies. And because of this, people tended to job hop because that was the only way to actually increase your purchasing power. You know, your income might go up, but inflation was eating it, essentially. And so that was already a common practice before COVID hit. Also, technology was changing so quickly that not many companies could keep up with it. And this meant that if you stayed in a job for too long, you, a lot of times, were just maintaining older code because they couldn't keep up with the, uh, I don't know, JavaScript framework du jour. Yeah. Uh, seriously, that's what it was. What's the French word for hour? Because it feels like it's faster than du jour or it was then. Du air? Uh, I don't know. Somebody in France <laughs> probably sent us a message. 
Hey, I think our editor's in France. Julian, do you know? Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to our editor, Julian. He does a great job. But uh, basically, if you did it long enough, it would be harder to get a new job. Yeah, and we saw several people do this. They stayed too long somewhere, and it was, you know, you can go back and listen to our old episodes where we talked about that. Yeah. So, in this environment, all the storm clouds are here, and we're pretending like it's not going to rain. The pandemic arrives. And everybody that could started working from home. In fact, they were made to. Uh, Even if you kind of couldn't, you still had to. Had to figure it out, man. Well, I was already working from home. So were you. But but I knew a lot of people who really struggled with it. Yeah. And and part of the struggle as well was, you know, their spouses and their children were home too. And, you know, needing, you know, fast internet, stable internet. You know, I know a lot of people that had like the cheapest internet plan because they got done with work and they, they went and they played ball or they, you know, they did something else. You know, they weren't home on the web all the time. And so they, don't, they didn't have fast internet. And so when it came time to work from home, they had a problem. And with everybody stuck at home, this added a lot of stress to people's lives. And it also made people start looking at their own priorities, right? So you're either around your family and you can't stand them or you're around your family and you're like, I like them. I wish I was around them more or stuff kind of evened out, especially in, in an environment where everybody's scared. And this caused people to really look at the decisions they made in their life and go, okay, is this a smart decision or did I make this decision because I fell into it? And on top of this, there was a huge wave of layoffs during March and April of 2020 as a lot of companies saw their business models collapse or were forced to radically change. Yeah, there was a lot of layoffs and a lot of people without work for extended periods of time. A lot of people moved, switched careers during this time too because they were home, they were getting like at least something like the they they ramped up the unemployment pay for people especially if they got laid off because of covid and yeah. so they uh i know my mom did that too yeah and some people just had a lot of, you know they had savings there's been a bunch of people that you know started new businesses and all kinds of stuff or moved it shuffled everybody's life mm-hmm. and as the pandemic continued and became the new normal this also led to a wave of resignations because people adjusted to the new normal and they rearranged their lives to accommodate change. I mean, there's a lot of people that had lower paying jobs and they were in two parent households and they figured out that between the you know government benefits and the other stuff, like they weren't that far off from being able to just make it on one income. Yeah. And there's a chunk of people that, you know, were just in that sweet spot and they did that. Not much in our industry, but in some industries, that was definitely a thing. Or they realized they've been, you know, they've been spending a lot of money you know, going out, like going and hitting bars. I mean, you and I've got friends that go in and hit bars and they're, they're at the bar three nights a week and, you know, eating at nice restaurants and stuff. And they couldn't do that. And all of a sudden they've got extra money and they're like, well, you know, why does my wife have to work? Yeah. Cause they were close already. Uh, so that, that definitely is a thing that happened. Mm-hmm. It's also had impacts in the real estate market. A lot of people moved to new places Several for economic reasons or because they found changes in their environment to be intolerable. I mean, I moved, well, this was before the pandemic, but I moved out of Nashville just because I didn't like what Nashville was becoming. It wasn't the city where I grew up. Yeah. I mean, I don't like it here. It's changed in a bad way. The other thing that happened to a lot of people here in Nashville is they their property prices went up substantially. 
because there's all these people moving out of California, some of these other places, they move here. Well, they're used to paying what they paid over there. And all of a sudden your house price has gone up a hundred thousand dollars. And oh, by the way, your property taxes went up 37 and a half percent in Nashville too, or something ridiculous. I forget what it was. And so you're looking at it going, well, I work from home. So why am I here? And so those people moved and they moved to small towns and they paid a higher house price, which bumped up the price in those small towns too. That's happening out this way too. It's getting expensive to buy houses, even, even out where I live in the country. It's getting like a lot of people moving out here. Though I will say the nice thing is they got they got trash service out here now. I, I just signed up for it. 25 bucks you, a month. Oh, uh, do you get a burn barrel? They bring you one of those? <laughs> saves me a drive down the street. Like the dump was literally right down the street, but like it literally does save me the time of trying to schedule to go during their hours. So it's kind of convenient. Yeah. And the, the environmental changes though were, were a big deal, right? Like a lot of people were in areas where, okay, you know, they've, They've got a spouse, they got a kid or two, they have kind of a small apartment and it worked when everybody was just coming home to eat and go to sleep. But when they, you have to be there 24 hours a day, it's completely unworkable. A lot of folks just got out because of that. So remote work also had another impact or another set of impacts because as everybody shifted to remote work, people started developing new routines and they learned just how much time was actually wasted in their day, uh, especially things like commutes. Uh, various meetings, how long it took them to eat lunch. You know, because you take the whole one hour lunch break when you're working in the office, if you possibly can, or, you you know, you come back in at, you know, 59 minutes and 59 seconds, right? Like you're going to use that whole lunch break because you just don't want to be in the office. Well, if you're at home, you might not. And so people were routinely finding that they had, you know, two hours, three hours extra every day. And that makes a huge, huge difference just in the way everybody looks at everything because they're like, man, what a waste. And they realized a lot of them have been doing it, you know, 20, 30, 40 years. It's really funny because I actually take longer lunch breaks since I've been working remote. Same. Because I, and I, I have it built into my schedule. I start a little bit earlier and end a little bit later so that I can take a longer lunch because I want to step away. Whereas in the office, I was like, especially as an extrovert, I was around people and I would always like, I would step away to go get coffee. I would talk to people and stuff like that, go ask some questions. Whereas at home, I'm constantly just sitting here staring at a screen all day long. Might take the dog out a little bit, but I take a long lunch break so I can go to the gym, have a little bit of social interaction. I've gotten to become friends with the people who work at the gym now <laughs> just because I'm there all the time. You probably also noticed that it didn't hit your productivity at all. Like You could probably double the length of your lunch break and have the same productivity. Oh, yeah that you had in the office before. And a lot of people found that out. Mm -hmm. The other thing is like the amount of time lost to useless processes, stuff like commuting and even just being pestered by other coworkers. I don't want to say pestered, but like it, it is, it's like people don't bother you as much when they have to call you. Yeah. Unless you have kids in the house and then that can be a little bit different, but yeah. But like your coworkers don't, bother you as much unless they have to call you or like if they have to call you versus being able to just like walk around the corner or stand up and they collect their thoughts better because they can't do it immediately i mean that's the other thing too is there's a lot of really stupid inefficiencies that we all engaged in and yeah it remote work also gave people control over their working environment so my previous job 
it was going into the office. Well, towards the tail end, I got two days a week remote and then they decided to change it with no warning. And that's when I resigned. But, you know, I didn't have control over my environment, right? It would be hot. It'd be cold. There'd be somebody burning a scented candle that made my sinuses go crazy. There's loud noise. We had a coworker in there. His nickname in the office was radio because you could hear him from a thousand yards with no wires. The guy was unbelievably loud. Like you could, you could put in like earbud headphones and put noise cancelers over it and listen to metal music and you could steer, still hear him talking over whatever you were listening to. I mean, like I'm talking like you could hear him over a Monomarth. Yeah. Like what do you do with that when you're trying to work? And so like that lack of control really bugs people, but everybody got used to the lack of control. It was just like, oh, that's just the way things are. And all of a sudden, it was the way things weren't. Finally, remote work also removed the assumption that you can go anywhere other than your house for things like working out, being entertained, having a meal with friends, that sort of stuff. Yeah, a lot of people learned that too. They're, you know, like I have the home gym, right? Like I can go, I can go mm-hmm. walk down the hall here and I can lift. Well, if I was in a, a small apartment, that's not a thing anymore. And if I had a gym membership, that didn't work. And all of a sudden, I'm looking at my space going, I, I can't do half the stuff I used to do because I don't have room. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people looked at that consideration and the money situation going on, and they're just like, uh-uh, going to use that remote work capability to get myself into a better situation for this. Yeah. The next thing with the great resignation is that we're going to discuss is the people driving the resignation. Yeah, there's some demographic differences for sure. That's, that's for sure. The, the greatest increase in resignation rates was driven by millennials and Gen Z. Doesn't surprise me. The newer end of the workforce. Yeah, um, they're also the ones that probably got cut a lot too. Yeah, yeah. More than half of the Gen Z workers reported planning to leave their job within the next year. That's per Harvard Business Review. And that doesn't surprise me because they are very new to the workforce and a lot of them probably... Are Gen Z in their 20s yet? They're in the early, early 20s, right? Yeah. Well, and, you know, the other thing is, is what happened to their mentoring situation? Like, they come into yeah. a new job, like, nobody knows how to mentor remotely. Like, nobody ever thought of that. I didn't think about it in my book very much. You know, and I wrote a book on remote work. Like, it's just not something that, that was in everybody's headspace until everybody's like, oh, yeah, this totally messes people up. There was also a pretty noticeable uh, impact on women. Uh, there was a so-called she session, which is a cutesy way to say it. It's, it's just like, hey, they figured out there was a better deal. And it accounted for around 16% of the total U.S. employment shortfall uh, during the COVID years. Or during, oh, wow. You know, t- yeah. Uh, and there are a variety of reasons for this, right? Like a lot of them, it was work-life balance. A lot of them, it was just changing living situations. People were, you know, obviously going through major life shifts while this was going on. People were getting married. People were getting divorced. Those kind of things. That with the added stress going on, people were picking, making different decisions than they would have otherwise too. Yeah. You know, it wasn't, they were driven to a decision. It's like they were looking at a decision coming and making a different one. That makes sense. Like, I really do get that. Yeah. Resignation rates fell for those age 60 to 70, while a large number of people, 55 to 74, withdrew from the workforce, which encompasses 60 to 70. Yeah, it does. And it was weird on the stats there. But it makes sense. My mother is a nurse, retired now, and she retired about a year and a half earlier than she'd planned on it because of COVID. But um, the thing is, more of them are going to continue to leave as the boomers, at least those who are at an age where they can retire. 
or in a financial situation where they can. Yeah. Age out of the workforce. But yeah, there are going to be fewer and fewer of those. Um, of course, as Gen X ages into that age range, we won't be enough to replace the boomers. There's not as many of us. And the highest rate of resignation was in the cohort ages 30 to 45 years old. Um, and this actually makes a lot of sense too, because a lot of the, those people, you know, us included, we, we left college like right after the 2000 collapse, right? It was just a few years after and stuff was not recovered by that point. And the later, like you get into the millennials, you know, the early millennials, like they left and the 2008 crash happened. Maybe they had a year of work experience and then they lost everything in that crash. And, you know, we had similar stuff uh, at different points later where other things got to be problems like student loan debt and, you know, medical costs and housing costs and all these other things. And they, like people in this cohort have left college and started their careers and continued their careers in a situation that does not allow them, uh, you know, very easy family formation or, you know, building households and those kind of things. And as a result, a lot of these people are looking and going, yeah, I'm, not going to get hurt again. I'm going to go ahead and start looking instead of getting, you know, getting pushed out. Yeah. And a lot of them, frankly, have given up on the American dream as it were home ownership entirely. Yeah, that's true. That's point. I've seen a lot of posts about that. I don't know. It's, it's interesting because you also have just general turnover that didn't happen during COVID because places were everywhere was on a hiring freeze. And you know, then when they started hiring again, people were like, oh, I can leave and get paid more because that's a lot of times how you get paid a decent amount more. Yeah. And they stayed somewhere, you know, a, a lot of times just because of the lack of stability too. Mm-hmm. And then as they got used to the situation and got more comfortable with it and it became more normal, it's like, okay, now I can go. And that takes people a while. I mean, people adjusted to, I mean, heck, World War II, people were getting jobs and leaving jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, when London was being bombed, you know, the, the life went on. So, you know, it's, it's no surprise that people did that during COVID, even though it's counterintuitive. It's very interesting how it hit different cohorts, you know, based on the expectations. Like, I can understand the 60 to 70 cohorts sticking around because, like, hey, you know, you're retiring or you can fairly soon. Just stay where you are and don't, don't risk getting out in the market. Mm-hmm. You know, or you've got longer term plans for when you retire. You don't want to like change jobs and move and then move four years later when you actually retire. Yeah, exactly. Now I could see them, and I actually do know of a couple who have uh, changed jobs to move to where they want to retire. Yeah. And it's like, yo, know, hey, this is where I want to go when I retire. I want to be closer to my kids. So they switch jobs to somewhere closer to their kids. Yeah, and a lot of those a lot of those switches also went to places where there were less restrictive COVID lockdowns and, and you know where the disease was maybe less and and those kind of things as well. Yeah, that has happened a lot. I've noticed. All right, so now let's discuss when COVID ended. Yeah, and we put that in quotes because <laughs> uh, we all know uh, that it hadn't. It's more like when the panic ended and when people got used to things. Yeah. Yeah. And adjustments were, were kind of done and people kind of got back into a new routine basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So massive inflation is 
basically here for most of us. Yeah, it's all up in our grill. But wages haven't kept up. Even if you have gotten raise or cola increase, it's not enough. I can just tell you that right now. Yep. <laughs> While the reported inflation rate is around 8%, which is very, very high, the real inflation rate, you know, what's influencing gas and food and the things that we actually spend money on, not the price of steel. Yeah, well, I mean, that's upstream from it. They hide the other stuff so that it doesn't look as bad to the people who are going to vote them out. Yeah, yeah. But basically, it's even higher than 8%. If you look at what you're paying for gas now compared to what we were paying before. Yeah, pre-COVID. Yeah, it was like $2 a gallon or something. And it's like close to 6 now or something. Yeah. Or food prices. That's the one that's gotten me. Like I can, I can kind yeah. of deal with the gas just by not traveling as much. But I eat a lot less. I've lost weight and therefore I eat less. But it's still more expensive. I've had to double my grocery budget. That's kind of what ours is looking like too. Like there was a Mexican place that, you know, is close to here. It's got pretty good food. And for my family to eat, it was about 40 to 45 bucks, maybe 50 if we, you know, if we, if my wife and I both got drinks. Yeah. Pre COVID. Now the same meal, because we, we were creatures of habit, is like 70 bucks. Mm-hmm. And we don't go there very often because we can't. Well, we could, but like that is not how I want to spend money that could go elsewhere. Yeah. I'm just talking about going to the grocery store. I don't go out to eat that often anymore and because it's so expensive. Yeah, groceries are, are definitely a lot more expensive. And like I'm, I'm looking at it going, man, I'm living on a pretty tight budget. Whereas a year ago, making less money, I had more disposable. Yeah. Same here. The typical yearly wage increase at most companies is like 2 to 3%. Mm-hmm. This means that if you're loyal to the place where you work, or if an employee of yours is loyal, it is costing them at least 5% of their purchasing power every year, year over year, mm-hmm. with the way things are right now. If you believe the actual reported rate of inflation, which you also know is a lie. So it's probably quite a bit worse than that. And this is on top of a ton of instability which makes employees more likely to already be looking for other opportunities just because if things don't look good where you are, like one good person leaves and everybody else is looking, going, okay, now I have more workload and you can't hire people and the environment's unstable, like you can get a mass exodus real quick. Like that's a very dangerous dynamic for any office Mm -hmm. and it's everywhere. And on top of the decreased purchasing power and other financial disruptions when COVID ended, even more economic issues arose in late 2021 and 20, early 2022, including wars in multiple parts of the world, supply chain issues, and natural disasters. Yeah. I mean, we have, you know, we've had heat waves, we've had cold waves, we've got some droughts. Uh, there's like some kind of like outbreak of some crazy crickets or something out west. I forget what that was. And that's just in the US. You know, and you've got the container ships having problems. You've, got tension in the South China Sea. You have the situation in Ukraine. Uh, there's a war in Yemen. There's you know all kinds of stuff just going on all over the place. There's the gas situation in other places that provide us our goods that we use. It's going to be pretty hairy for a while, just as all this stuff works its way through the system. And for the last straw, 
many employers, as this thing kind of wound down, decided that employees need to be forced back into the office because you got a bunch of middle, middle management types who do not know how to measure productivity without staring at somebody. And they want their power back. And they did this right as gasoline prices spiked through the roof. And everything else went through the roof. So now these employees, instead of going, okay, I can make a sandwich at home and work from my desk. Now I've got a, on average, the average American commute is what 26 minutes, I think. It's like half mine. That's, yeah. Yeah. Half of mine. Mine's about 45 to 50. Yeah. And I'm, I kind of wonder, uh, you know, in our industry, what the average commute was because being city based on average makes it a lot worse. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're looking at that and they're looking at, okay, now I've got to go into the office. I'm less productive. So I've got to work more hours. I've lost all this time. I now have to eat somewhere near there, which is going to be more expensive, or I have to bring my food in and put it in a fridge where somebody can steal it. That is definitely going to start driving people out of certain jobs. Yeah. Especially if nothing is mediating that situation. Mm Mm-hmm. I've heard people say if they're going to make me go into the office, they have to give me uh, gas expenses. Oh, yeah. I've I've heard that from people and I'm like, I don't blame you. And it can't be a tax deduction. Like it's got to be money coming in right now because I can't wait until next April when it gives me a discount on how much I hand to Uncle Sam. You can't keep your head above water. Mm-hmm. I know how that feels after this last weekend. <laughs> in a fairly literal sense. Oh, my goodness. But yeah, yeah. So let's talk COVID part two, electric boogaloo. So COVID is very likely to return in the fall, or at least people believe it is, which means they're going to react like it is, regardless of whether it does or not. Because of this, anybody that's looking for a career move is going to want to do it before things are disrupted again. You want to get in, you want to get kind of locked in to a position, get used to things before a hiring freeze happens, before any layoffs of the newest people like you want to be have been there for six months. And this is combined with very rapidly declining purchasing power uh, and frankly, shortage of goods. In a lot of cases, uh, you know, people are starting to look for new jobs right now. So it's going to be a bigger wave. Mm-hmm. Also, if a company is trying to force workers back into the office, they are by implication forcing those employees to live in a higher cost of living location and knowing that they're probably going to be back into a work remote work environment again at some point in the future. Yeah. You're basically putting them in a position where it's like, you have to live close where you can't afford enough space to work remote because we want you to come into the office until COVID hits again and you're forced back home and your life is destroyed again. And people are looking down the barrel of that and going, Hey, it's not worth it. Yeah, and this gets even more difficult if you've got children or older relatives at home, uh, especially if your living quarters are small. You know, you may just be looking at a, at a situation going, you know, I don't think this is good for the people in my house. You know, even if everybody gets along and you do have enough space, and you may just go, hey, I, I want to move somewhere further out where I do have some room and where my kid can go out in the yard. You know, where I can say, please go outside and play with bugs and sticks and leaves and, you know, sitting here on Minecraft and talking loud while I'm trying to work. Yep. 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 And you want a place that's going to be safe for that too. Yeah. I think a lot of the, a lot of the tech hubs are in cities that it's just not safe to have the kids running around outside anymore. Yeah. Well, and especially after recent stuff, because, Hey, you know, this 
ran homelessness up through the roof, right? Like there's more people that are priced out of, out of being able to live somewhere safe. And there's a lot of people, frankly, that are desperate. They're loaded on alcohol. They're loaded on drugs. They're out in the street. We've got a humanitarian crisis forming. And you know, we need to acknowledge that. And now that everyone has kind of seen what happens during a pandemic, they're reevaluating their life and their living situation based on that. They're looking at, hey, what's going to happen when the next thing hits? That's a mindset. I mean, if you go back to our grandparents or great-grandparents for some of you guys, and you, you look, that changed the way they saw the world going through that, and it never went away. They continued the habits they, they developed during that time. Well, like my grandmother was born, I think, two weeks before the market crashed. She, her very formative years were during that time. She was born in 29. And I can remember in 2009, her washing aluminum foil to keep it, mm-hmm. throwing it away like most people would do and just being extremely stingy with expenses. And you got to think, you know, dude, that was, you know, that's 80 years. Yeah. So yeah, people's habits have changed. Like you've broken the normality bias forever. Um, At least until these people, until all of us are gone. Everybody that's experienced this is gone. Like what we assumed was true before is not true now. Mm -hmm. And it never will be again. So the great resignation is here. And it's unlikely to end anytime soon. There are a ton of reasons for it, from economic factors to changes in culture. Ultimately, the cause is that numerous factors, including COVID, but not limited to it, cause people to reevaluate their jobs and their lives. And while employees, especially those in certain cohorts, were rapidly changing their priorities, many employers did not change their assumptions, their expectations, or even offer a cost of living increase in the face of rising inflation. Adding to the fun, a huge cohort of people is leaving the workforce in the next decade anyway. Now, that's the boomer exit. Finally, COVID and other challenges are still here, adding to the uncertainty that fueled the great resignation in the first place. At the very least, it's all going to continue to be very interesting for quite some time. And that's pretty much all we've got. Stand by for Titanfall. If you have a question or comment, please email us at neckbeards at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Our theme music is an excerpt from Stand By for Titanfall by Pure Bells, available on SoundCloud and licensed through Creative Commons. For references, show notes, and extra tips and insights, be sure to check out the website at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Help us make the show possible by supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. You'll get extras, including a weekly aftercast where we discuss the topic of the week and bonus material with some of our patrons. You can also follow us on Twitter at CompleteDevPod, like our page on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram to keep up with news about the show. Join the conversation anytime via Slack by signing up at slack.completedevelopernetwork.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.